Hi, everybody. This is Jim Cornette, pro wrestling legend, and you're listening to the Book in the Territory Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast. This is the artist formerly known as Daryl Van Horn, James Mitchell, the Sinister Minister, and I'm here to let you know I would rather slam my cock in a car door than to miss the dulcet tones of Hard Body Harper, my illegitimate son, on Booking the Territory podcast. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to this week's episode of our Smoky Mountain Wrestling Podcast. This is Smoky Mountain Wrestling, episode 186 from August of 19, 1995. And this is Booking the Territory, the very unprofessional wrestling podcast, where today I'm sitting here once again with Doc Turner and former Smoky Mountain Wrestling heavyweight champion, former Smoky Mountain Wrestling beat the champ TV champion, Bobby Blaze. Bobby, welcome back. Thank you for coming back to the show and for uh, round number three with Doc and I, since since Harper's got a new shoot job. and Well, it's not really new anymore, but you know what I'm saying. He can't make it on, on our normal recording day. So how are you? Man, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. And I want to reach out and say thank you, thank you, thank you for the uh, Book in the Territory t-shirt, man. Made my week, but I'm glad to be back on the show as well. Very glad. We appreciate it. And Bobby, uh, by all means, if you need to use it as a jizz rag like uh, Harper does, <laughs> we're not offended. It, it, it happens, you know. I mean, Doc's used yeah. for that, so uh, feel free. Whatever, whatever, whatever. look, that thing is versatile. It's like a transformer. It can be a shirt. It can be a towel, yeah. whatever, whatever you need it to be. I no, remember I, one time I, I was busting the girl's guts out before. I hope I don't have to do what I did before, man. But, yeah, yeah. I busted a girl's guts out like that before and have to... Use it as a pew rag, you know. But uh, she looked back at me and she said, "Damn it! If you don't quit fucking me like that, I'll never get off this period." Jesus <laughs> so it's Christ. so it's black, so it absorbs it absorbs some of the the color, if you know what I mean. But uh, yeah, then then when I see, she said that right when I thought I was, I was done laughing, she said, uh, "You fucked my guts out," and I was like, "Yes, that's a good fuck, <laughs> good rat." <laughs> Hopefully, I don't have to use it to that extent. <laughs> what? What is? What's wrong with every third person in the booth and their <laughs> sexual prowess? Whatever. Hey. Uh, oh I, Jesus Christ! I don't know how. It's we early continue. in the morning for that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how we continue here, but we must because hey, it's I, been a few years back, but it's true. Uh, okay. Why well, don't Ashland, have, Kentucky's finest? <laughs> I don't know that we have time for a lot of shenanigans because we've got to talk about the Super Bowl. And let me tell you something: I don't know that I've ever taken this many notes on an episode of of Smoky Mountain, which means we got a lot to talk about. Okay, so first off, what Doc's talking about, we are on location at the Super Bowl of Wrestling, where we will see basically not everything, but a lot of what happened at the Super Bowl, which Bobby was there, and he took on Dan Severn uh, at the Super Bowl. So I'm sure we'll talk about that, even though they don't show it on this episode. Uh, they don't show Bobby's match. Uh, it, it, they actually don't I, don't. I don't even remember if they show it in subsequent weeks, but I know they don't show it on this one. But anyway, uh, so we'll talk about that. And then also, before we get rolling, shout out to Disrespectfully Classy, Marky, Blassy, Kyle Riley, Mike Childry for your generous patronage each and every month. And uh, one other shout out. I normally don't do new Patreon shout outs on this episode, but Joe Ice, uh, you're a big time supporter as well. Thank you for bumping up your pledge. So I appreciate that uh, from you. All right. Uh, so let's get into this again. This is episode 186, August 19th, 1995, which is a lot of the Super Bowl of wrestling matches. So uh, Les and uh, Chip open up the show. They go straight to the actual arena. And mm. Mm. what were you about to say something? 
Go ahead. Is every is everyone in Tennessee a fucking dirtbag? Look at that crowd when they come in. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Is is it just, that bad? Oral hygiene is just not a, a high on the on the list. Everybody's getting their hair cut by sticking a bowl over their head and trimming around the edges. <laughs> it's just a disaster in that place. Now there's a Damn. lot of them. Look at that. That's a big crowd. This is huge. That's a nice shot right there. But but when you zoom in on these hillbillies, look out. I don't Direct. know, but I recognize a couple rats there. I'll tell you that. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But I, I, miss, gotta, I, miss, I missed that, that building, man. I missed that building at that Knoxville Civic Coliseum and sent it that pack. That was a good thing. WCW sucks. I love it. Yeah, I'm trying to run it back to the sign for the for the they members on Patreon. We have a we have a sign in the crowd that somebody spent about 15 sharpies on coloring in. <laughs> it's just. <laughs> know that it was like a year's worth of their you look at it it's you know kind of fade in the middle oh shit we can still get it done um i'm surprised i'm shocked that it doesn't say sux because that's what i would have done <laughs> just not, that's two less letters that you have to do but i i gotta say it's 1995 are they wrong oh no we were beating them they they couldn't outdraw us there in knoxville at all so right they yeah wrong. right so we're making fun of these inbreds, but the sign seems to hold true. So, okay, that's the open. Yeah, the irony of WCW was so weird during this time because, again, this is August. So, like, they they had some crappy pay-per-views, I remember, early 96. I remember Uncensored early 96 was just that whole, the way they did that Tower of Doom thing. It was the cage. It was really dumb. But, like, it's amazing because, like, less than a year from then, they, they took off. Uh it's just, a, it was a crazy time, but Bobby's right. I've seen some of the like records from WCW shows during this time in this area. And Bobby's right. Uh, Smokey was, was outdrawing them. And on this particular night, August 4th, 95 for the Super Bowl, which is atypical because I mean, you got Undertaker and Shawn Michaels on the card. Uh, the records show that there was about 5,000 in the building. Now, Bobby, would you say that's accurate? Yes, I would say it's okay. very accurate. It, probably a little bit higher, whatever it held there. It was sold out. They said so. Um, and then I know WCW, believe it or not, um, only drew like 500, less than 500 during the, one of the months while we were running there around this time. Maybe not this particular month, but uh, also when WCW got hot in that area, again, what they did, they sent out uh, 10,000 free tickets with your cable bill for the very first Nitro. So, um, you know, that's how you can pack your house too, give the, give the show away. Yeah, which they paper. did take off, but uh, they papered it big time. Yeah. But not at that time. We, yeah, it was legitimately over 5,000 people there at Super Bowl Wrestling. I do know that. Yeah, this was a so. hell of a scene. Hell of a scene here. Um, and, Doc- and I ain't going to lie, hell of a card. Yes, for sure. Yeah, we're going to get into it. So, Les and Chip, they open. They, they, they pretty much go straight to the ring for the first match. And then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, the way I'll do this, I'll kind of describe what I have. And then I'll throw it to both of you and you give me your thoughts. So, the first match that they show is Unibomb versus or Unibomb with Al Snow versus The Undertaker. And man, when the lights go out for The Undertaker's entrance and that music hits, mm. the people are howling and screaming. This is an iconic, obvious ring entrance. Nobody will ever debate that. Uh, Maybe one of the greatest. It's hard to believe <laughs> that this promotion at this very moment is like three months away from shutting down. As you mm. watch 5,000 people in here scream for The Undertaker, this entrance is insane. 
This match goes on for about 15 minutes. We don't see the entire match because obviously we don't have a lot of TV time for it. Uh, although we did, do get to see a good bit of it and the important clips. Uh, the, the finish, and then I'll throw it to you, Bobby, is Undertaker hits the tombstone on Unibomb. And Undertaker pins Unibomb clear in the middle of the ring. Al Snow gets in the ring after, but he powders out very quickly. Bobby, I'll throw it to you first. What were your thoughts? I mean, you were there. I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure you didn't. Maybe you watch this. I don't know. I, I know how it is in the back sometimes when you're getting either prepared for yours or you've already had yours. But what were your thoughts on this match? And if you got to watch it live uh, at all uh, as you were there that night, let us know. Yep, I watched it all. Um, I, you know, I, I peeked out the curtains. I generally did when I could. Um, I always enjoyed that, being a fan, of course. And, of course, knowing this was a big match, I had forgotten uh, to an extent because there were several that night, uh, but I had forgotten how huge the Undertaker's pop was when his music hit. Mm. And that, that that's it's that eerie feeling, too. You like when the lights go out and that music hits. There, there's probably no other theme song or music that comes out that just gives you that, you know, thrill. But the pop, those people were going crazy. I remember that. The uh, Obviously, they were over, you know. He's one of the, I think Kip says, uh, one true international superstars, and that's true, man. We had, you know, here he is, The Undertaker, one of the biggest stars in the world, legit stars in the world in Knoxville for that. A um, couple of things from the match, though, um, you know, because it's been a while since I've seen it live. I, I, all I remember, I remember who went over. Uh, but watching it, I, I didn't remember a couple of things. Uh, big, uh, big Glenn put him in a big suplex. I forgot he suplexed the Undertaker, but what he did, of course, he done that setup that he does. Uh, just kind of a no sell for like a two second deal, and he just set up, and it got a huge pop on that. Um, showed how athletic they were because um, uh, Undertaker went over the top rope with uh, Glenn, or and uh, both of them landed on their feet. Thought that was pretty cool because I'd heard Mick Foley talking about how, in, in future years, how uh, over athletic the Undertaker was, and I know Glenn was athletic as can be. Um, and then I put um, just that big choke slam, man, to set up the uh, the tombstone. If you look at it, man, his ass gets up off the ground. Glenn goes up for the Undertaker for that, and that got a huge pop out of me when I was watching it. Like you know it. It just again shows how athletic these guys were, you know, moving around like they were. I, I thought it was a great match. Um, again, I knew the finish. I didn't know when it was coming. Just you know, other than when he set up Fred um, choke slam, like I mentioned. But um, yeah, very good match, and, and it was over at night. Here it is, you know, twenty five years later, it's still over because that that match still holds if you watch it. You know, it really does. A lot of athleticism, a lot of wrestling, uh, good wrestling, um, and and. You know, Paul Bear outside with it, good atmosphere. Al, Al, Al Snow's outside of it. Um, yeah, it's overall good, man. I enjoyed it. Doc, what would you, what'd you think about it, man? Did you enjoy it as much as we did? You know that I'm – I could be as salty about this, but, hey, I'm a wrestling fan just like everybody else. And while there – I won't say that The Undertaker is in my top five, you cannot deny the presence, the entrance – his entering work, his whole package is just, it's a whole thing in 2020 and 1990 and at all points in between. Yeah. Um, well said. He, and, and so he's the kind of guy that it's like, I don't dislike him. I actually do like him. He's just not on my look right there. He struggled with him. He struggled with him. 
That was one of my timestamps. Doc, clean, clean it. What you, what Doc's saying, you didn't, you, you're not, you're not really. So, so my point is, my point you hate is, the WWF. You hate the WWF. That's right, what I'm it not was. A w, I'm not a WWF fan, but he, the Undertaker, is above criticism, pal. I mean, that's just. So I, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna sit here and say I've seen all his matches because I don't watch the WWF. But I mean, he walked into that arena and it was on. If you will go back to. Um, 9.37, real quickly. Okay. Yeah, he was, I, I, I go a little bit more. I go a little yeah, bit more. Yeah, uh, Kane is trying to get him up for a power bomb. A couple of things here. He struggled getting him up. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You can see Undertaker like, I'm going to help you here. Uh, I thought it was very generous. See, y'all can tell me if I'm right. Very generous of the Undertaker to go off his feet for Kane like that. What do you think, Bobby? Oh yeah, I think they had a, um, I think they had a pretty good working uh, relationship um, going into it. So um, it was give or take, and, and I wasn't surprised actually. Once I watched it back, I, I said I had forgotten he got to do that to him when that power bomb and a suplex. Um, yeah, just um, he didn't have to do a lot of stuff that he did. He didn't have to leave his feet on. He didn't have to take the suplex. He didn't have to take um, take that uh, power bomb just now. But uh, yeah. he did. I think it just showed the willingness of, um, of of someone wanting to get over. Watch how high he gets up on a choke slam here, all the yeah. way, all the way up, man. That, so that's you, just working together, you know. So I think I think it was the gentleman's agreement to go back to the power slam or the power bomb, rather. So yeah. The other thing deep. is eight sixteen, if you will, real quick, because I thought I thought um, Unibom or Kane had a really nice move at eight sixteen. So we'll. See if I had the right timestamp here. Here he comes. Again, big man off the top, leg drop. I love that leg drop. I tell you why. Al Snow done that to me before the match, and it looks really beautiful. But he draped Undertaker again. Didn't have to take that bump there outside the ring. Letting yeah. Glenn jump from the top rope for a guy that size, jumping from the top rope, dropping that leg across the back of the head. That was very impressive, man. And then Undertaker took the bump outside the ring. Yeah, so again, I have... Man, his rope walk on the top rope is all, always cool to see a guy of that size with that kind of agility. I, you know, this match and the Shawn Michaels match, we've seen it before with Hawk. We've seen it before with The Undertaker coming in already. I love seeing these WWF guys come into this promotion and still work hard. And, you know, my question to you two, especially Bobby, is, I mean, how many guys in the business would come in and phone that in? But everybody that comes in seems to work really hard. And I think it's a it's a respect for the business, a respect for Corny and a respect for their opponents. Is that would that be correct? I think you're 100 percent correct. And I think it's also because they you said it respect, but they love the business and they got to go back to, you know, where they could actually not just what you see on TV, those two or three minute matches that they were airing at the time. And I know the house shows have longer these matches here. They got to work with someone very talented usually. Um, and, and they got to get a lot of, get your shit in. There was no rush to get your shit in. You know what I'm saying? They took their time and when they come in, nothing was phoned in. They worked like it was still a territory. Like they were back in a territory. They knew what it was like to be back in that territory. And I think they enjoyed it, you know, um, and like like you said, they uh, they they didn't call it in. They didn't phone it in. They they come in and bust their asses. I can't think of anyone um, that phoned it in that ever come in from uh, uh, WWF at the time when they uh, 
come to work with Smokey. We don't, you know, co-shows together, anything. So, awesome. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, Savage came in, did business. Michaels, yeah. Oh yeah. Taker, right, Taker came in a couple times. I mean, like, yep. you know, Steiners, I, everybody came in. Macho put over the damn, uh, put over Bruiser Bedlam. So the other thing here is, again, um, Undertaker made Kane look like a million dollars in this match. And I'd always heard, and I don't know if it's true or not, that this is where Undertaker went back up north and said, there's a guy down there I could work with. So what I was wondering is, it's is it possible that this was the largest crowd Unibom had worked on and worked in front of at this point, and then he's standing out there against the Undertaker. If that's true, now you talk about seizing the brass ring and and taking the opportunity when presented to you. If all of what I said is just true, has anybody ever seized more of an opportunity than Glenn Jacobs did right there? I think you're spot on. I I think that um I don't know that Glenn, unless you know he went to Puerto Rico and, and Memphis, but I doubt that he had you know worked in front of five thousand people at either one of those places. He may have, but to work with an opponent like the Undertaker and get get to get to actually work and get in what he did, I know for example the same thing over in Japan. Uh, Hakushi, who was Jensei, but he came over here as Hakushi back in the day. He was the biggest guy they had available to work for. Um, the WWF uh, had him come in and work with uh, Undertaker over there. And he got a job for a couple of years based on his size and market or Undertaker went back and put in a good word, said, you know, it's someone we could do business with. And of course he was probably on a radar, but I think that just says a lot that uh, Undertaker went down and I know Dutch, you know, told Jimmy, got a guy down here, you know, you got to, Get, get him get him up there i knew he was trained by malenko's because my partner rico was still down there doing training and i had known glenn um prior to him coming to smoky mountain he was on his way home one time and hung out and stayed all night in my house for a couple of days back in the day um just just because of connection to malenko's and saved my hotel room back in the day but uh yeah you know talk about seizing the moment man and uh see him picking back up for a power bomb again but um yeah he uh Talk about season of the moment, man. He had that opportunity, got out there, worked his ass off just as hard, if not harder, than the Undertaker did, and got over. Uh, the finish with him, you know, getting pinned by the Undertaker. I mean, my God, got beat by one of the biggest stars in the world. Uh, no shame in that. It's gonna keep you strong for sure. But they had a hell of a good match for two big men. You know, he went back. Mark went back and said, "Hey, man, there's someone down here you can do some business with." Um, and and, yeah. and I, that's pretty strong word to, to get back to the office. I would imagine. Yeah, I can't, him. I can't say enough good things about this. It was just entertaining. It was fun to watch watching the young guy versus the old guy. It's the Undertaker in a Smoky Mountain ring. They both worked their asses off. It was entertaining. The crowd was into it. I mean, when you break that down, other than a, other than a big angle, which you can't work from in this direction because he's coming in, what else do you want? I mean, that was... That was fantastic. I'm going to make a right. statement. I, I have no clue what, what, what Dave Meltzer would have given this match on a star rating. But let me tell you, this was this was a, a bazillion stars, as uh, Chris Zaha, one of our uh, Patreon members, always says. This was a bazillion stars. And, and to the here's, point here's what made, I'll Here's what I'll say. 
I was having too much fun watching the wrestling match to, to worry about, about stars. <laughs> to worry about stars. I was being entertained, and that's kind of why I started doing this in the first place. You know, thirty-eight years ago. So I'm good. Yeah, I, I am too. I was that's why I was making a yeah. joke out of it. Well, the thing was, you know, there was no flips, there was no dives. It's just two big guys in there going at it. Hey, Bobby, one other question before we move on from this match. So I have, uh, I've heard from a few people, uh, just tell me that uh, Kane Glenn Jacobs is like one of the nicest human beings you'll ever meet. Uh, Bobby, you you, you kind of spoke towards that. Uh, your thoughts on on Glenn Jacobs, Kane uh, Mayor. Uh, (laughs) of Knox County now uh, being uh, just a a quality human being, just a really good dude. He is one of the nicest people you ever meet. And I tell you, like I said, I knew he was a Malenko guy, Um, met him prior to him coming to Smoky Mountain. Of course, obviously spoke spoke with him uh, several times in Smoky Mountain, but more to the point, just a couple years ago, WWE was in a house show in Charleston, West Virginia, and I had talked to uh, Scotty Armstrong and uh, uh, Chris Robinson about coming up and saying hi to a couple of guys. And when I got there, both of them said, man, you're not going to hardly know anyone on the show, a bunch of young guys here tonight. And I just wanted to come up and say hi to them, be honest with you. And uh, the only two guys I knew, uh, one I pretty, you know, knew well enough to go back and talk to was uh, Dustin. Dustin come out and spoke to me. He was in the back eating. He come out and spoke to me and goes, and then Glenn's here. And uh, man, Glenn come out and he spoke to me for about probably 10 or 15 minutes. And in fact, my youngest son was, uh, had his first job, his first night at work, although he would have went at 16 years old. And uh, I said, I said, man, would, would you care to say hi to my son for me? And I handed a phone to, to Glenn. And then my son's name is Brady. He said, hey, Brady, I understand you got your first job. That's great. And congratulations. And he goes, yeah, I'm just here talking to your dad. And, you know, and uh, he handed the phone. He had a nice talking to you, too. And he handed the phone back to me. I mean, that's just the kind of guy he is, you know. And uh, this was probably maybe two hours before the show. And some of them were eating, like I said, and this and that. And but he spent probably 15 minutes with me sitting back in the back bullshitting and actually took the time to sp- speak to my son on a telephone. Uh, congratulate him we get his first job you know so uh yeah first class guy i've never heard anything bad or seen anything bad from the guy um i, I gained oh, nothing uh-huh. by, by saying that but man he is just a great great guy and i'm so happy for the success he's had in the ring uh, in movies and also being the mayor you know he's made movies he's wrestled uh, traveled the world um and i've never and it, it works out hard uh lives by what he says apparently you know there's no dirt on the guy and um and i'm glad about that and uh and i'm really happy that he has a successful career inside the ring and an even more successful career outside the ring he's first class funny story funny story uh when my son uh found out that mike used to be a wrestler uh he wanted to talk to him so we put him on the phone and mike just told him to fuck off that's not true. That's not true. That's I knew that not, was coming. That's not true. I, I recall that night very well. Little Latrell, uh, Bobby, if you haven't heard or don't remember the story, we call him Little Little Latrell because he he backhand slapped his first soccer coach because he uh, slapped him on he slapped him on the butt. He slapped him on the butt. He slapped yeah, him on the butt okay. and then proceeded to choke a, a grown man because you know That's he's just a, he's just a little he's just a little shit. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> since you want to tell lies, we can both go there. Uh, trust me. So anyway, uh, he choked his he cho- and and what happened was 
they were fighting over a USB headset because this conversation was happening on Skype and Doc actually <laughs> broke his headset that night because he couldn't control his kid. Uh, it had nothing to do with me. I was I was speaking to Latrell very kindly. Uh, Latrell is a, a fine human being. He's just got bad guidance. And, and I'll leave it at that since you want to tell lies. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Uh, anything else on uh, Unibom versus Undertaker? Probably one of our longest segments ever on this show, but it was damn well worth it. Yes. Yeah, it really was. Uh, this was this was really well done, really enjoyable. And now it's time to go to the is uh, what I, I'm is this a fictional title here or what are we doing? <laughs> okay, let me explain what Doc's talking about. But first, yeah. uh, after the Taker Undertaker and Kane match uh, or Unibomb, I always call him Kane. Uh, we see some fans who are having a great time, and Doc wanted to make fun of them, but I'm not going to let him. And then. We go to a a match, Doc. I'm sorry, I got to do it. <laughs> Shopper was here. I want you to make your comment because I know what you're thinking on this this old lady at ringside who looks oh, like yeah. she's 14, 45 14. or 50, but she thinks she's still 20. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I got a couple of timestamps here. Okay, so while I'm waiting on uh, here, here we, we go. Here we, oh, there, right there we go. There. Oh my god! <laughs> I guarantee you. I guarantee you. She's uh. Works the counter at the Slurping Gulp, uh, <laughs> selling cigarettes, and she's smoking behind the counter. Uh, she, we don't have Harper to see what kind of car she drives, but she's constantly upset and has drama with somebody in her life. Bobby, you got any thoughts yeah. about this fine young Philly right here to the left? She knows everything about. She knows everything about everything. I think she used to bring her daughter to the show, and I think they used to borrow someone's car to get there. <laughs> I don't know if Bobby's telling the truth there, but I'm going to go with it. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> oh, I think man. they stayed out to the hotel a couple nights. <laughs> the West Town Inn. When the West Town Inn was in, I'm pretty sure they were they were regulars. So you saying that's a Tracy Smother special right there, oh, or oh, what? what? <laughs> uh, I'm just saying, uh, she put a lot of the boys over. She's she's a fan. Let's, me, that's, me where me. that's where you're supposed to say, "Let's go to the ring." Let's yeah. go to the ring. Let's I don't know on. nothing. I'd, I'd always just be up there eating my sandwiches or something. I'm my own damn You got to get your protein in. That's oh right. My God. <laughs> oh, all right. All right. So we go to the next match, and it is actually Al Snow versus Marty Jannetty for what they call the Midwest Territorial title. We we really only see a few minutes of this match. The records show that this match actually went for 28 minutes, and we barely see two minutes of it. Snow does win when Jannetty hits a crossbody, but Snow rolls through and grabs the tights and pins Jannetty. Uh, Doc, you first. You got any thoughts from this? I, I don't have a lot because it, literally we, we see just two minutes of it, so we don't see a ton of it. Um, uh, so we all know about Marty's social media problems, don't we? Yes. Okay. Bobby's not on Facebook, so maybe he doesn't. Uh, I haven't followed him for a couple of years. I used to see him on Used to crack me up on Facebook, but where I haven't been on it for so long. So fill me in real quickly. Just give me the cliff notes. What's going on with his Facebook? Alleged- I, I, do, I do know what he used to do, but allegedly, <laughs> and let me say that very carefully. Allegedly, he said something on Facebook about being attracted to his stepdaughter. Was it Mike? 
I, I thought like I that. remember. I thought that was his daughter from some ratty he met years ago or something, right? Oh. Yeah. Either way, it felt, and Slimy. I don't use this. Yeah, icky. Yeah, I do recall so, something about that. So thoughts and prayers that way. Um, Janetti is thirty-five here. In case we're wondering, um, I do like twelve twenty, if you will. Mm, okay. I thought that was. A, I thought we got a nice power bomb at twelve twenty, and so I always like. I mean, I don't, I want to always put the focus where it belongs. It's not on your smutty mind, Mike, but but really <laughs> the action in the ring. Okay. So here we go. Here we go. Got a little reversal there, and uh, over the top, it back in the ropes, over the top, and pa pa pow. Nice in the flow. Nice. In the flow. Um. Long I, my note here was long match in the building, but the editors did us a favor here. I didn't mind this at all. I thought these guys worked well together, and it was just I don't want to watch a 28-minute 28, 28 match unless we're blowing off a feud or something, or I get to watch Garvin and Flair chop the shit out of each other. So um, I didn't have a lot here, but for what it was, I was entertained. Yeah, I don't. I didn't have much either just because, like I said, we, we've we got really a, only we've got, got a new minutes. champ. We got a new champ, Midwest Territorial title uh, for, so there you have it. Yeah. What were your thoughts? Bobby, you got anything from it? Well, I think it said it started at 25 minutes in, and I'll tell you, um, I remember watching most of this match, but I, there was a reason I think they edited it down to like the last three minutes. Um, I was surprised they got that, that long to go on that show, to be honest with you, because there were so many matches on it. Um, and I think if I'm not mistaken, it was said that night, it was long. You know what I'm saying? It was like um, there was a lot of – it was just spots and spots and some stuff in between. And, um, you know, count your intros and all that. I can see it being the 28. But they done us a favor. What we saw is what we needed to see. And that's what I put. And I put, you know, Snow one on the double roll-up of pulling the tights. And he made that real clear, you know, to win that Midwestern territorial title. You know, something they put on just added to the show or whatever. But, um, yeah. Um, I'm glad we only saw what we saw was good, but I'm glad we only saw that much of it. It was it was a 28 minute match, 28 and a half minutes, and it was an 11 match card according to the record. It was eight minutes or seven minutes longer than the Heavenly Bodies um, in Tracy Smothers and Dirty White Boy tag match, which that match made a lot of sense that it went that long. So I'm. Uh, I can imagine Bobby what was said in the back regarding it being 28 minutes. I mean, it 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 blew away so many other matches uh, as far as time goes. I'm I'm not saying the the quality of it, but the time. Uh, Bobby, your match actually followed this one. If if my records are correct, uh, is that right or no? Is this wrong? Uh, I think what so. Yes. Okay, so you followed with Dan Severed, uh, which yes. again we we don't see on this on this card. So yeah, uh, but we could talk about it at the end if, if you'd like to uh, tell us. I'd love about to. That. Yeah. Yeah. Probably so we'll, want to. Hey. Hey. We probably want to talk about it next week because we're still doing some Super Bowl of wrestling next week. Okay, that works. Yeah, th let's do that because because you're right. For me. Some Super Bowl. Okay. Because I want to um, hear about it. I do too. Because they, they like I said they don't they don't show it. So all right, it's um, it's an honor to have a re a wrestler on here that can talk more about his one time dalliance with Tommy Rich and we can actually get some insight about what the wrestling business is like. So I'd like to do that. I just. Just trying to help you direct the show a little bit, my friend. We got The Punisher versus Bullet Bob Armstrong up next. Uh, we see, again, just a short amount of the match, even though the match only went 
about three and a half minutes. Uh, there's shenanigans at the end of it when Snow gets involved and distracts the ref. Corny comes in and hits Bob Armstrong with the racket, but Bob Armstrong no-sells it like he like he can do because he's just a cock-strong old man. Uh, Punisher hits Armstrong from behind and then pins Bob Armstrong. The ref missed it all. Punisher wins, and that's that. Uh, at the, I believe they went like 16 minutes. Um, so anyway, Doc, let me let me go to it on the video, and you can give me your thoughts on this uh, whole thing, and then we'll go to Bobby. I don't have a lot. 1447 was a pretty bad backbreaker. I'm gonna call it down the middle here. You know, I like to be fair to all. You you like being entertained, but you don't you don't believe in star star ratings. But you'll call you'll call it down the middle and point out the the bad stuff, right? I got. Well, you, you know, I mean, this is. Okay, Meltzer. I didn't like that. <laughs> he didn't like it. <laughs> this is a hell of a leg. When he, God, he sits these Jesus, guys across is, the ring. This is this, ridiculous. This was Why basically is... my only notes. <laughs> I put great backbreaker. When he missed that leg drop, I knew you guys would go off. I'm thinking, holy shit, man. Boing. <laughs> This guy needed to be a long jumper in the Olympics or something, man. The way he launches himself off that top rope, I don't think people realize that's a long way to go from damn near corner to corner like that. Yeah, with, he with, is. Pain, with pain on the other end. Yes, yeah. There's no sand trap. He's hitting that ring, man. This is tough. Uh, well, go yeah. ahead, Doc. What else you got? Well, the only other thing is there's not a lot here to react to, but did you hear the crowd when Bob got his hands on Corny? And so I know Harper's done with this whole angle, but the people don't appear to be. Yeah, I think you got the hardcore fans that still enjoy it. I, I, I agree. I want to ask Bobby that question as we're watching Cornette with the finish here and, and Bob Armstrong no-sells the tennis racket shot from Cornette, yeah, I wrote which is that awesome. Down. <laughs> Bobby, do you, uh, being just real and honest as can be, I, we think me and Harper kind of think, although Harper's more critical of it than I am, that, you know, Jimmy – just kept going back to the bullet Bob type feud. And, and it goes on pretty much almost like the whole full year, four years of Smokey. Do you think, um, and we understand it was a small roster, so Jimmy could only do what he could do. So this is not being critical of Jimmy. We just, it just got old after a while, I guess is the point. Do you feel that way too? Or did you kind of just like, nah, you know, I understood why. And it made sense why he kept going back to it. But um, I don't know your thoughts on it, Bobby. I know those two broads. <laughs> I, I, I was gonna, that's why I hit pause on the video review. Bobby got distracted from my question. I bet you uh, know that redhead well. Yep. Oh my! No, um, you know they. I think they did what they had to do because they're two biggest stars, basically. Um, and I think Cornette, you know, he at one time I think he was president of the uh, Bullet Bob Armstrong fan club. You know, back when he was younger. Yeah, I think that it's just one of those things where um, the small crew, uh, but they kept coming back to it, and I don't know. I, I but at that time, I, I think the fans loved it. You know, they every did. time they changed the angles up. The, I mean, I went to a house show, and it was a loser kisses the winner's feet match, and it was about five hundred people, and I mean they were going crazy, and that was an Abdullah the Butcher no show. And they filled in with uh, Bob Wharton Jr. I mean, not to get sidetracked here. And the people was going nuts. And when Cornette got beat, uh, when when Bob Wharton rather got beat, but both bullet, you know, Corny begged off, begged off, begged off about kissing Bob Armstrong's boot, you know. 
And he kissed one of them, and a place went nuts, and Bullet Bob grabbed the microphone and said, no, 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 the winner kisses his feet and puts his other one out. And the way Cornette sold that, I mean, if you watch that match right there, I know I'm jumping around a little bit. When when he no-sold that tennis racket, everyone right there was like, damn. You know, it was like the Hulk Hogan ripping a T-shirt off. You know, that's all where Bullet was. But when he grabbed them, he grabbed them just enough, if you noticed. He grabbed, you know, because you don't want to always catch that manager, but when he caught them, you know, the play still went nuts, but sneaky-ass Cornette, boom, slides right, you know, gets through the ropes and gets away. It's It went on basically for four years, but the way they kept changing it up and going back and forth and, uh, you know, uh, co-commissioner at one time, however they did that when Cornette became the commissioner, it was just, I don't know, man. It, at four years, yeah, it was running this course, but, but, it, but it, it held strong for the course. I hope that makes sense. No, it that's does. a fair point. It does, but what I want to know, and Mike, you were there at 1637, is how many people had a ride on that? Well, let's go back to it. <laughs> so Bobby says he knows this, th these two broads, uh, or women. I got some yeah. hate mail a few weeks ago about calling uh, using the word broad, even though I literally don't mean it in a terrible way. Look at her. She's winking at the camera and everything. That girl on the left. I'm yeah, she knows I'm... what time it is. <laughs> Ring a ding ding as opera says. <laughs> she's, she's in good with the watchmaker, not just what time it is. Oh, do yeah. tell us, Bobby. It sounds like you've got some information on this. I mean, right. you want to spill it or uh, what? Uh, I mean, just um, I think they visited the West Town Inn. You know, I think they were some pie makers. You know. Wow. So my question is, who takes the one on the left, and then who has to deal with the one on the right? I think it was one of those tag team type, you know, a lot of people passed around the pies that day, you know, M many weekends were spent and uh, some weekends, certain people stay with certain people and uh, hang out with certain people, party with certain people. i tell you this, I don't, can you can't see it on that video, but the blonde, if I call, she had a nice butt. I mean, a big, <laughs> nice, solid is, butt. Is that is it on her head? Is it on her <laughs> well, neck? She might be a butterface, you know. Uh, but uh, the, the the redhead's pretty hot. But if I recall, the blonde was kind of a um, what you call, you know, a butterface. But um, yeah, she she had a butt. I remember that. Here's what so, I'm thinking. That girl. And I don't know. Like I said, I always just went to my room and drank a couple beers and ate my hamburger or protein. You know. Yeah. Well, so, <laughs> did your, did I your... just listened through the uh, walls with a glass to my ear and. Uh, <laughs> Well, you, you had you had to read your daily devotional in your Bible lesson, right? <laughs> I wouldn't go so far as saying that, but <laughs> okay. Well, the girl on the left, she made it. A, she's put together for the show. You can tell. I wonder what she looks like in the morning when that makeup starts to sweat off, and she's got crusted jizz in her corner I don't of her know. eye. I always got up and done my Hindu squats and push-ups and went for a jog, so I was never around around her in the morning. I was out exercising. <laughs> <laughs> They're doing a Waffle House. You know, I was heading to the Waffle House. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, there you go. Oh, boy. I don't right. know nothing. I'm just okay. saying. They look familiar. <laughs> now, is my she, question she, is, in the, in, the, in the hierarchy of rats, is that one on the left, how does she, does she fare? Is she towards the top? Is she middle of the mid-card? Is she... Curtain jerking. Uh, all of the above. All of the above. Okay. 
like I said, sometimes certain people traveled, certain people, certain people hung out, certain people. Some girls stayed in the hotels, some didn't. You know, some of them had their own rooms. Some had rooms they uh, were splitting. You know, uh, yeah. So what uh, you're basically saying is y'all are going to hell unless somebody says some hail marys down at the old. Yeah, a few hail marys from our fathers, and you know, okay. uh, a lot of people forgot a lot of things by now. God doesn't forget, Bobby. Can you grow up, Doc? I mean, come on. I'm worried about I'm worried about Bobby's and and brother. I'm in a good place. Don't worry about me. You better pray for your own fucking self. I'll tell you, I'm in a good place. (laughs) I'm on the for yourself. I'm on the straight and narrow, pal. So, all right. Well, anyway, glory be, glory be. uh, Praise be to praise be to praise be to Allah. All right. Whatever. What's next, Mike? All right. So what's next after after we saw what went down there with Corny and everything and whatnot? Billy Jack versus Brad Armstrong for the USWA title. Uh, this match went almost 10 minutes, but again, we just get a really small clip of it. Brad wins by pin when he skins the cat, comes back in, and hits Billy Jack with the Russian leg sweep, as only Brad can do quite well. Uh, so Brad is the new USWA heavyweight title holder or champion uh bobby you first you got anything from this um yeah um if you when you're watching it man you can i remember brad coming back i think he even said something in his promo about billy jack just basically worked so stiff and so hard and so snug you know like beat the crap out of him you can see he's a little bit awkward in the ring compared to how smooth brad is um you know of course the russian leg sweep is over you know what we saw of the matches probably what we needed to see of it. Um, just the stuff that Brad was doing, but you can see he's got to really have to work to move uh, Billy Jack around. And I think Billy Jack just has to make sure he lays his shit in there. And, and in return, Brad has to do the same just to, to keep up with them, you know, as far as respect goes, uh, cause you want to get, you know, if you're getting it, you better give it back or you're not going to have any respect. But, um, I thought it was a good finish on, you know, when he skinned the cat and then, and of course I know Brad does a little short promo afterwards. I put that was really good. I just recall, um, and we'll see it again later is when you're watching Billy Jack and Brad work, you can see how smooth Brad is and how awkward Billy Jack is as far as moving for his size. He's just, he was just so cock strong and such a big guy. Um, he just didn't pussyfoot around in there. And so Brad had to earn everything he got out of that match because it, it, you can see he's as stiff with Brad with, without trying to be. I'll say that. He's not trying to be. He's trying to do business, but he's just awkward and stiff, you know. And uh, I wouldn't want to work with that guy every that I'd work with, you know, two times a night every night. You know what I'm saying? But uh, I, I do remember that match. I remember Brad saying, man, he beat the shit out of me, man. You know, um, you know, right there, the stiff knee. You know what I'm saying? Everything is awkward and stiff. But, um, again, he's not trying to hurt him, but I think he does. <laughs> yeah, so, but, yeah, I'm glad we got to see what we saw. That, that was enough to, for him to get the USWA title in Knoxville to, to run their angle, too. That was another good thing. It all played in with this week and next week. So, um, good, good, good that we saw what we saw for the TV part, yes. Uh, what you got from it, Doc? Not a lot because we're going to continue this next week. But, right. uh, but the crowd was into it. And the skin of the cat thing is always, always was a great visual for me. It's just a, it's just, an, it's just a great baby face, young, athletic baby face move to be able to pull to go, wow, I don't know that I could do that, but he's awesome. He's our hero. And so I really liked it. Um, 
we'll talk more about it next week, but I had no problem with it. I mean, this is, you got to remember, these are, we're used to seeing the in-ring matches here being squash matches. We're getting to see main event quality matches here. So let's, let's keep that in mind. But yeah, I like this just fine. Yeah, we're, we're, we're so used to, you know, the quick one. I mean, you, you know, how Bobby did all the TV tapings a lot and you only have X amount of time. So you get in there and do what you got to do. And I mean, we, we just, we don't get these main event quality matches, like you said, every single week. So, uh, with that said, let's go to Brad Armstrong, uh, in the back after his big win, he's, uh, he's got something to say. It's a relatively quick promo. Here it is. Ladies and gentlemen, there's a new sheriff in town. His name is Brad Armstrong. He's the USWA heavyweight champion. Billy Jack Haynes like to have beat me to death tonight. But I promised the people in the Smoky Mountain area one thing, that I was going to win this USWA title. And that I did. And next time you see me here in the Smoky Mountains, brother, I hope you see one more thing. I hope you see the Smoky Mountain heavyweight title hanging on the other arm. All right, Doc, any thoughts on Brad's promo right there? They've done a fantastic job of working to his strengths in his run here. And I really like his promos in Smoky Mountain because he's being positioned as the best baby face wrestler and he's all about business and their his promos are effective. I, I agree. I believe they are as well so far. Uh, Bobby, you got anything from it? Yeah, I knew that right there for sure. <laughs> she said if the two kids acting all innocent and cheering, but uh, yeah, she wasn't so innocent. Come uh, on. The blonde one, that one right there. Here you go. Wow, yeah. Bobby. I mean, yeah. really? Well, they I, well, were, I think look at that, she was look babysitting. At that, is that red hair I think on that she's kid, babysitting. Bobby? Is that red hair? I'm thinking, I'm think they're, I think she was just babysitting those kids. That hair on that <laughs> kid, looks a, that looks a little bit like you. Uh, okay, so, yeah, no, Brad had a great promo. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, they played to his strength. They kept him short, and, and he got over it. Very effective, and uh, the match was good what we saw and the promo was great and that's that I agree. <laughs> oh boy all right we'll, we'll move on we won't talk about that poor lady maybe, right this there promotion, maybe, maybe this promotion wouldn't have gone out of business if the wrestlers were working on their the booking the territory and keeping it real instead of trying to bang everything in sight i don't know about that because uh, as jim <laughs> Cornette always says if you service the rats uh the houses go up so that's a you, good you, point yeah. So no, no, no. I, th- I, th- I think they, I think they were. I mean, look, man. You had Ricky and Robert in this territory. You, you got Jimmy Del Rey, and Lord knows what kind of snatch he was tagging at this point. Oh my God. We're gonna I talk can, about that. Yeah. Oh Jesus. Can you imagine what he was sticking his tongue through and that missing tooth he's got? Anyway. <laughs> um. Okay. We'll, we'll talk about that. But let's keep going. First, uh, we, we get a replay of the shenanigans with the thugs, Rock and Roll Express, and the hang ba- headbangers uh, that, that went down a couple of weeks ago. And then we get a replay of last week's clip from Bob Armstrong at the Super Bowl of Wrestling where he announced that Ricky Morton had been fired from Smoky Mountain and that the Heavenly Bodies were coming back to Smoky Mountain where the bodies wrestled the thugs. And, of course, the bodies won the Smoky Mountain Wrestling Heavyweight titles. Doc, I know you normally don't do replays, so I guess I'll throw it to you for a second and just say if you've got any other thoughts on it right now, uh, speak now or forever hold your peace. I guess I better start holding it. Okay. Uh, uh, Bobby, uh, do you have anything from the replay, or uh, can we move forward no, with this promo? just uh, I put in capital letters, ether finish again. That just, you know, even though we've just seen it, Last week replay replay of it, I just that got over so good, man. It was just um, 
Good stuff. Yeah, there's never enough ether. Even though I've seen Corny do it a, a million times at this point, it's still a yeah. still a great, great, great visual when he sprays that rag of, of ether. So, all right, let's go to Jimmy and the Heavenly Bodies. This is would be after their win, which we saw last week. But let's hear what they got to say. Here it is. I love it. I love it, and there's only one reason that I love it because the bodies are back where they belong in Smoky Mountain Wrestling as the tag team champions. And thugs, I know that you're so sorry. I know you're so upset. I know you're so stinking mad. I know you want revenge, but let me tell you this, you ain't gonna get it. You beat up Tom Pritchard, oh yeah, but he won the match. You beat up Jimmy Del Rey, oh yeah, but he won the match. Sure, they spilled some blood, but the bodies built Smoky Mountain Wrestling on blood, sweat, intimidation, fear, and violence. And they're back to start a new reign of terror. There may be some blood on this championship belt, brother, but I guarantee you this, there's as much of Tracy Smothers as there is of Tom Pritchard's. So what you better realize now, thugs, is it can only get worse from here. We're gonna go find Ricky Morton, and we're gonna get the other belt. Either that or I'm gonna have a new set made because I'm so proud of my champions, but one way or another, the Doctor Desire and the Gigolo have returned. And thugs, whether you like it or whether you don't, there's nothing you can do about it because we are once again the Smoky Mountain Tag Team Champions. Boys, it's so nice to have you back where you belong. Delray, great to be home. <laughs> uh, uh, what do you What do you think about this right here, Bobby? Just over. That's just a Cornette promo. You know, it, it got got to the point over. Uh, you know, it showed what is told why he had one belt and that he got out and buy new ones if he had to. But but yeah, just over. Just a Doc, Cornette promo. I agree. Uh, short and sweet. Kept it short because we had so much else on this show. Doc, what'd you have from it? How did Del Rey go off and get more sleazy than he already was? Jesus Christ, you ain't lying. And then, um, Bobby, do we? Do you have any Del? I mean, anything we need to know about Del Rey? He's been a he's been a fascination of ours in the promotion. But no, I met him down in Florida uh, way back in the day when I was training at Malenko's, and I worked with him some over at the Sportatorium. Uh, prior to him coming to, uh, and he was a good worker. I know that. Um, but yeah, I think he always had that wild side to him. I don't give a fuck kind of attitude and he's going to do his own thing. But, uh, you know, I didn't hang out with him, hang out with him a lot, you know, nothing like that. Always fair to each other, professional each other, uh, in and out of the ring. But yeah, I don't have any, yeah. Um, we never did any tag teaming outside the ring. I'll say that. You know, that's probably good for you. I yeah, think. I think so. Um, I don't <laughs> think we would see any. Yeah, it's all. I don't have anything. You know, he's a good dude. Yeah, I got along with him fine. Um, but you know, I just uh, you know, choose your poison, if you will, and uh, that's not one of mine. Of, of people I want to hang out with on a regular basis. You know, good you, dude though. Good dude. Uh, nothing you, bad to say. You know, Doctor Tom is talked about him and when they were a tag team and he, he didn't he didn't really say anything bad about him at least the stuff i've heard but i have heard him say the same thing like um you know afterwards they really didn't yeah. hang out much they 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 kind of did their own separate thing and uh you know take from that what you will i don't think that's dr tom trying to bury him or anything he's just he just yeah i'm not like burying a, him either you kind of just kind of like i said i did my own thing because you know, the times I was around them, I just went our separate ways. You know what I'm saying? And, hey, and that's not, uh, hey. not a thing. 
hey, I'd like to watch Chris Adams super kick people, but it doesn't mean I want to be out in a bar with him drinking based on the stories I've heard. I mean, Jesus Christ, you're not, you know what I'm saying? It's like, I love watching Del Rey on here. He's fantastic, but the corroboration of all the stories are, it's kind of like, well, okay. I don't know how liquor used to turn that dude into a straight animal. (laughs) Can you imagine though? Can you imagine? Like he is? would get violent. It was right. just but God. Who cares about that? We're not here for violence. We're here for love. Can you imagine in Dallas in 1983 and 84 when he was a English speaking baby face, feathered hair wrestling slaying. in Dallas, <laughs> Texas? The British accent. Jesus Christ. Man, Rips. he had his pick of the litter, dude. He and the Von Erics were just like a machete through fucking <laughs> butter. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, boy. All right. Let's keep going uh, as we go now to Tracy Smothers and Dirty White Boy who uh, want to respond to Cornette and the Heavenly Bodies. Here they are. White boy, man, the last couple of weeks has been awful confusing. We've been backstabbed, back jumped, and just when we made up with some one of our old friends, look what happens, man. Jim Cornette brings the heavenly bodies back to Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Next thing we know, man, we ain't got the Smoky Mountain Tag Team titles no more. But let me tell you something, heavenly bodies, is this a fight you want? It's a fight you're gonna get, man, because the word it goes like this: it's the thugs. T is for terrible, H is for hell, U is for ugly, and G is for jail. Cause a thug can't spell and by gosh we're gonna get them tag team titles back because white boy we're banged up and beat up but we're not about to give up right big man? that's exactly right heavenly bodies every time you see the thugs <coughs> i swear i'm gonna rip your eyeballs out and shove them down your throat and jim Cornette, whatever it was you put around me to put me out i'm gonna do it tenfold to you whether you like it or not you can call your mama she can't help you, heavenly bodies and cornet. You're going down. All right, let's go to Bobby first. I was waiting for Tracy to scream. That's what I'm screaming, but but we didn't get it on this, on this one. <laughs> go yeah. ahead, what you got? <laughs> um, just honestly, I didn't write anything down. Tip because I can watch and say typical promo. Um, I'll say it again eventually. White boy always just, you know, saying something, but don't want to back it up kind of thing, Uh, yelling and screaming. And it's just, uh, you know, Tracy was kind of talking and raised his, got his voice up a little bit. And then white boy starts yelling. It's it's good that way that, you know, they're they're both a little bit hot. Uh, Well, obviously they're both hot, but, but Tracy held back just a little bit for white boy to get the, the whole, you know, with the coughing, the spitting, and they got it over. They got their point over. To the point, and um, it was just a just an okay promo, though. Really, served its purpose. Gotcha. I'm with you there. It served its purpose. Doc, you got anything from it before we go to the biggest part of the show? No, I think Bobby covered it, and I agree. So we go then after that to Shawn Michaels versus Buddy Landell for the WWF IC title, Intercontinental title. I've said this before many times on this show. I, I've never been a Shawn Michaels fan, but I will be honest. He is a hell of a wrestler. Uh, from most accounts you hear, he's a piece of work politically backstage, but in the ring, my God, he is good. And this match right here with him and Buddy is very, very good and very enjoyable. 
Uh, I am going to play the last three minutes of the match with the finish. That way we can kind of all listen to it and watch it as a group. But um, so before that, Doc, do you have anything? And then we'll throw it to Bobby to see if he has anything uh, before we go to the finish. So, Doc, you first. What you got? Yeah, before we go to the finish, Noe's in there going, let's get ready to rumble, which he's lucky he didn't get sued because that is copyrighted, I do believe. Leave Tommy Noe alone. <laughs> Tommy knows I love him of so course. much. Love him some more. No, um, HBK is a star. I know. I know he's not your favorite, um, but he's a damn star. And what I said earlier that the guys that come in to Smokey from WWF always worked hard. Of all the guys that I think would be the easiest to say he could cop an attitude at a moment's notice and maybe phone it in. From not knowing these guys, I would have said the biggest candidate for that was it would have been Shawn Michaels but as we're going to talk about he did everything but that he worked hard he he was he worked with Buddy Buddy was motivated here you could tell Buddy Buddy was really motivated HBK was selling for him you know my big thing here and this goes back to what we talked about last week I wanted so hard after that that amazing promo to believe that Buddy was going to shock the. I mean, how do you cut that promo and not win? So it was like I the first time I watched this going through, I must have missed that they said that Buddy lost. So I was sitting there thinking, man, I don't know the lineage of this title because I didn't watch WWF. Does he is he going to beat Shawn Michaels? And that little suspension of disbelief is is key to rest having fun in wrestling and so man and, and that's credit to both guys for making it seem that way um i don't know if this is in the last three minutes so i'll, I'll ask because you probably have the timestamp thirty six forty. that's right before the that's right before the last three minutes what you got from it though buddy kicked out of the frog splash let's see so I know his finisher was, was, I mean, or the elbow drop, sorry. Yeah, he did. I got you. Okay. So, I mean, HBK is is making Buddy look great. I, again, Buddy's looking like a million bucks. Shawn Michaels always does. This was phenomenally interesting. On a uh, at the same level that Kane and Undertaker was, but for obviously different reasons. But I mean, I'm not asking the five thousand in the crowd twenty five years ago to chant "This is wrestling." But on a night like this, if anybody was ever going to chant "This is wrestling," this would be a great opportunity to do so. All right, I agree. Uh, I don't can't anything to it, Bobby. I'm sure you got some thoughts on this one. Man, I thought it was a great, solid match. Um, just a huge pop for, you know, HBK when he come out. I would have thought the same thing, could have easily called it in, but I stood there watching. I was out uh, behind the audience, actually, not even behind the curtain, and I watched the entire match. Um, I was wanting Buddy to win, to be honest with you. I was like, man, I, you know, got a good idea what's going to happen, but I was like, yeah, I'd love to see Buddy get that one more chance kind of thing. And, you know, both of these guys could have went out there and I don't know, I know they didn't at any, you know, I've, I've, I know they both have 
called it in before on different shows and, and, and being around Buddy as much as I was. But I'm going to tell you, these guys went out there and what, what you said earlier, Doc, this, this is wrestling. These guys were two professionals that went out there and did not let up. They didn't waste a move. There was no wasted punches. One thing, and, I, and I'll probably say this again, I always loved the way Buddy would go into a lockup with that knee um, and to a punch, and he'd give you a knee to the gut and a double you over. I remember him doing that way, way back when, uh, before even before spoke him out, and I've seen him do it before. And, um, man, he just had – and then watch his punches. He just wanted to – he – the punches he delivers is great, man. It just, it's really just great. I thought the match was really fucking solid. Uh, nothing bad to say about it. No one caught anything in. They was two professionals at the top of their game being professional during that match. Um, I don't know if the match could have been any more perfect for each of them making each other look good, uh, working together, um, and, and, and the ups and the downs of the match. It just... Um, you know, I, I thought it was great. Yeah, to me, one of those things you don't look at flying elbow right there, flying forearm. I mean, it's just everything was right on, spot on, money on. You know, um, back to that star thing you said earlier. I don't. I wouldn't give it star. I'm too busy fucking watching a match, man. It's it's yeah. that fucking good. It's that good from from opening to ending. It's that good of a match. I understand yeah. why. They didn't give him the belt on multiple levels because it's the Intercontinental Champion. Vince can't let his guy go down there and lose. Um, it helps with the storyline after the fact. But, God, I wanted to see it in this match. I wanted to see Buddy get it. Storylines be damned. I wanted that release. I wanted that that feeling that he was going to do it. Like, right here, it's just he's... You don't have to play it. We're watching it. He's got him by the belt. He's He's going to pin him. Well, let me. Let he's, me he's on the door. He's on the doorstep. I got. A, I got a question for Bobby. Actually, um, as we're watching it, uh, back, Bobby, you made a statement. You said, "God, I wanted Buddy to win this belt." Uh, just to be clear, uh, you, you did not know who was going to win while you were watching this. You had no idea. Uh, you know, you didn't know the finish. You didn't know uh, what Jimmy had called or or what what the call finish was or who was going over. So, right, you you had no idea of that, right? Well, yeah, I had a general idea oh, you as did. a professional okay. thinking, no, thinking as a professional that, you know, they're not bringing Shawn Michaels here to lose, you know, they'll, okay, they'll right. have a finish where he goes over, but I no, I didn't know, no, did not know what the finish was. And deep down though, I was like cheering for buddy, hoping that, you know, he had that one more chance. So, right. uh, yeah, 80, 20, you know, I, I kind of knew from a professional standpoint, they're not sending the HBK down here, uh, and, and losing that intercontinental title versus the way they did the uh, different working relationship than the USWA and the Smoky Mountain titles changing back and forth across the state. That right. was a whole lot more at stake. So I kind of knew that. But as far as knowing what the actual finish was, knowing a lot of times I don't I don't like knowing that. Even if I go to a show now, I don't like to watch. I want to be, I want to suspend my belief, you know, disbelief during that time. So when I watched this, like I said, I recall watching this because I came out from behind a curtain was standing, you know, and, and behind a crowd of people watching it and I was that much into it. So when a finish went off, I could pop too, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but I, uh, I enjoyed the entire match. So yeah, that's yeah. 80, 20, you know, I kind of knew, but no one told me, Oh, by the way, you know, Shawn Michaels is uh, going over or, you know, um, 
So I hope that answers your question. I'm just being real. Uh, yeah, I got you. Yeah. I got you. Okay. But no one come to me and said, hey, you know, Shawn Michaels going over tonight in the main event or, hey, buddy's, you know, going to um, win a title today and, and he's going on to New York. You know, I didn't know that. But, uh, you know, I was hoping that, you know, deep down, going like, man, well, it'd be and, great. And here's the other. Well, and I do think that later in the next year, buddy gets called over up to Connecticut. He just hurt his leg, right? Slipped on some ice or something or. Yeah, I, I think, but I but I wonder what part what part this all had to do with it. But I'm I mean, you know, it's easy to 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 think about Vince because Vince likes to have the the bubble. You know, everything's his universe. But to watch these guys interact with people outside of that universe is so fascinating for me. And then at the end, you have Brad in there, and Brad and HBK standing tall. It's just fun to watch those guys out of Connecticut interacting with the rest of the world in such a normal way. Yeah, in a southern wrestling environment. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. By the way, I watched I loved that kip up when he went from Cornette went to hit him with the racket and he missed. And, that and was that's amazing. when that was really good. And then see actually here's your win right there. Um could have taken more than three seconds, but the only thing Buddy could do that no one else could do like he did, and that was that corkscrew elbow, man. It was just a, a thing of beauty. Um, just the way he did it, the way he delivered it, you know. Um, and it was a good finish, a good smart finish, too, as to how they, you know, how, how it did end is a good way. But, yeah, that um, when Cornette interferes and comes down and drops that ra uh, tennis racket, and when he just kips up out of the way, Perfect timing. Just professionals working together, man, being on our A game that, that given night, like you said, in the interaction uh, of, of the uh, of the guys there with the, the Southern wrestler, with the, the New York guys, and then Brad being there, of course, it just um, added that much to it. It's it's, it's a really solid, solid uh, match, and, and I love that course grill, but Buddy drops, man. No one else could do it like Buddy on that. I'll say that. Um, and, of course, he wins with the super kick after he, he does the deal, you know, uh, with the uh, rack and everything else, so just good stuff, man. This was a tremendous finish. So, yeah, Bobby kind of talked about it, and Doc did too. So, basically, what happens is Buddy ends up getting hit into Mark Curtis, and Mark Curtis takes a bump, and he's out cold because you know, I mean, he's a 140 pounds soaking wet. So he gets hit by Buddy, who's a, who's a relatively big man compared to him. And there's the kip up that Michaels did when Corny was about to hit him with the racket. Just a really <laughs> cool looking spot right there. Very the cool. Yes. Jimmy drops the racket and then Michaels, you know, whips Jimmy off and punches Jimmy. Jimmy takes the bump, rolls out the ring while all this is going on. Buddy's recovering from the bump. He took buddy, uh, DDT's Michaels. Michaels rolls over. Buddy then goes and hits Michaels with the corkscrew. Mark Curtis is still out. As Buddy hits Michaels with the corkscrew, he goes to pin him. Mark Curtis is finally waking up. Mark Curtis counts to one. He counts to two. But on the third, he stops because he sees the racket, which is still in the ring that Cornette tried to use on Michaels. Mark Curtis Excellent. is confused and says, hey, you use this, Buddy? And Buddy's like, I did not use it. So basically what happened is here, Jimmy fucked Buddy unintentionally. Yeah. Um, which... Regardless if he meant to do it, he screwed him because then Buddy is talking to Mark Curtis about the racket and in doing so, Michaels recovers, Buddy turns around, super kick, one, two, three, Shawn Michaels wins. 
you know, to say there was a little bit of screwiness and shenanigans there, that's about as clean as it can be with screwiness and shenanigans as Michaels retains the Intercontinental title. I thought phenomenal finish as, you know, both of y'all kind of talked about it. And like yes. Doc said, Michaels came in. He did business. This was tremendous. Now we've got a spat, you know, brewing between Jimmy and Buddy because, you know, basically Jimmy just, whether he intended to do it or not, the facts are he just screwed Budro immensely. And I guess mm. we'll leave it at that as we uh, move forward. Doc, you got any other closing thoughts on this thing as we watch Buddy and Jimmy argue? It's just so well done from top to finish. Just soup to nuts. Everything makes sense. It was done, even though it's not what I wanted, it was done the right way. And you leave this match with, Bobby said it, Bobby's uh, Buddy's laying there on top of him for the three that doesn't get counted. HVK wiggles out the ring. You know, he heads back to Connecticut, and we still have an angle that uh, a string dangling with Buddy and Corny. Just, I mean, what else do you want? I I don't think, you, if you watch this and have any complaints, you just don't like wrestling, I would think. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, you know, and I know in today's day and age, in 2020, we can nitpick stuff all day long, but... I'm not here for that. I'm like both of y'all. Star ratings don't matter. But if it was a star rating, this gets a bazillion stars like the Undertaker and Unibomb match. Uh, mm. I, it just doesn't get you don't. It doesn't get any better than this. This was really, really good. Really well done. Sad part is the promotion's not going to last another three months. I mean, <laughs> that's the the craziness of this at this moment in time. So, you know, I I don't know what else to say. It's just tremendous stuff. Doc, any other thoughts before we move forward? No, let's hear what the heartbreak kid has to say. Yeah, let me uh, get back to it because it's a it's actually a relatively quick promo. So uh, I should also mention after the match happens when Michael Michael's pins Budrow. After the match, Buddy is mad at Corny. They kind of go back and forth, and they're about to throw some hands. The rest of Cornet's militia comes in along with Brad Armstrong, who runs into the faces, basically battle off Corny's militia, and um, uh, Buddy also leaves the ring, and that's that. So then after that, let's go to Shawn Michaels and see what he's got to say as he's all cleaned up and showered uh, after his match with Buddy. Kittens, once again, the Heartbreak Kid delivers, as usual, walks in the World Wrestling Federation Intercontinental Champion, and once again, walks out the IC Champ, as I told you only that I would. But you know something? I gotta give Nature Boy Buddy Landell some credit. He gave me a run for my money. I'll tell you what, the boy can go. I tell you, Nate, anytime you want another shot at me, I'll give you one. But I'd have to suggest leaving Jimmy Cornette at home, and JC... I got to thank you, too. You gave me the assist, bro. I couldn't have done it without you. Jim Cornette, I tell you what, you can make more mistakes than any man I have ever seen. How you've got a friend within miles amazes me. Nature Boy Buddy Landell, you not name the place, name the time, and Heartbreak Kid will be there, minus, of course, Jim Cornette. Drop him, buddy. You don't need him. Fans. <clears throat> I thought that was pretty meat and potatoes, but I like the fact that Michaels thanked Corny for the assist and he promises he would give Buddy another shot at the title. Doc, what did you have from it? He also put Buddy over. <laughs> yeah, he did. That's the note I had. I put HBK, puts Buddy over for the title. You know, tell him he'll give it to him anytime, anyplace. And uh, straight and to the point, like you said, a meat and potatoes, just a good solid promo, man. That match was really fucking solid. It was over. And and the promo followed it up. There you go. And he's still putting Bud Rowe over. Amen to that. 
All right, Doc, any other thoughts? Bobby, any other thoughts? Well, no, uh, but then then we transition to two things here. Buddy's in a suit, so he's he's dressed for bear. He's dressed for bear here. And this is where I noticed that Corny is starting to develop a waistline that's growing into a zip code, man. I'm worried about Corny's cardiovascular fitness oh, here. He he's been gaining for a while now, though. He has fatigue. You could see it. Uh, it's just uh, he. I'm worried. <laughs> God you damn! Can't. Triple cheese, <laughs> motherfucker! What the these, fuck, man? You can't have these kind of rage problems and that kind of waistline and have it turn out <laughs> well. So we got to get Corny calm and on a plan, on a fitness plan, and. Uh, Get him back, but let's get back to the focus here because uh, we've got a problem between these two. Yeah, let's uh, let's go to it. Uh, let's see where the Chip Kessler's with them. Let's hear what Buddy, Jimmy have to say. We're here with General Jim Cornette and Nature Boy Buddy Landell. And uh, General, I have to say, I'm noticing some dissension in the ranks of the militia these days. No, no, no. You know what you are, Chip Kessler? You're just like one of those infiltrators. Likes to go in behind enemy lines, get in with the enemy troops, and then infiltrate and cause dissension. There's no problems in the ranks. No dissension in the militia with the troops. No, Buddy realizes now in that match with Shawn Michaels the mistakes that he made. Buddy realizes there were times he had an advantage that he failed to capitalize on. Buddy realizes that there were times in that match he could have won it, but he did but next time he'll know better Wait because minute, he's learned Jimmy. from his mistakes. Hold on just a minute. Number one, I had Shawn Michaels beat right in the middle of the ring, and you're the one that screwed up, not me. Buddy, I didn't screw up. I'm a general. No, what you are is a major disaster. Now, I've got to go reclimb the ladder again. I've got to beat Brad Armstrong for the Smoky Mountain Heavyweight Championship to get another title shot at Shawn Michaels. So, will you do me a favor from now on? Don't do me no more favors. Whoa. Here's where you can. Well, he he told him, but uh, wow, Bobby, you got any thoughts on that one? That what you saw right there, that's just Buddy. I mean, that's just the way Buddy spoke, and the way he said, you know, "Do me a favor, don't do me any more favors." That that very good, excellent. Yeah, that was short and to the sweet, uh, short yep. and to the point. I should say it was sweet and to the point. I, I agree. I, I really like this, um, Doc. What you thought? And again, he reminded everybody, I had Shawn Michaels beat in the ring. Yeah. Which he did without Cornette's assistance. Let's make that point again. The racket was in there, but the racket, it, it really wasn't used. So Corny got dealt with. The racket was just laying there. So I don't know if you could do the finish any better. I, I, this was good. and Excellent booking, man. Yeah, that's how that's you book a fucking much. territory right there. That's how you book a territory, and that's how you... The, the talent responds. Doc, I have a feeling as we start to wind down on this episode, because that's pretty much the end. From there, Chip and Les, they close the show. They tell us next week we'll see highlights from Fire on the Mountain from 1995, and it's pretty much how... Uh, things wrap up here with uh, Les and Chip uh, as we as we leave. We're gonna get we're gonna get Bobby's thoughts on you know his match with NWA World Champ Dan Severn next week because he was uh, he was like we said on the Super Bowl of wrestling he had a match. Uh, but for now, Doc, do you want to go uh, do the, your disability checks and whatnot? I got some business sure. to take care of before we do that. All right, well, so hit the we'll, business. We'll First, before we do disability checks from Doc and Bobby, uh, I do want to remind everyone, if you don't use it, please use our Amazon referral link. It's tinyurl.com slash bttamazon. A great way to support this show without spending anything extra. You can buy Bobby Blaze's books on there, including Pin Me, Pay Me, which is one of the greatest books you'll ever read from a journeyman wrestler. That is fantastic. Stories of midgets. 
stories that Bobby's told on this show before. Just really, really great stuff in that book. So again, check it out. Pin me, pay me, and you can get that using tinyurl.com slash Amazon. All right, Doc. Uh, I don't do disability checks anymore, but I'm going to put this out there. I don't, if this is a 10 and an A plus all the way around, 100%, I, I don't know how you give this episode anything less because of the tremendous stuff we had. You know, here we are, almost 80 minutes into this episode. It's just phenomenal. What are you giving this thing? I'm going to agree with everything you said and maybe do you one better. There was one episode we did, and it might have been Fire on the Mountain, but I can't remember back in 93. And that was back when we had a lot of the stud, stable, heavenly bodies, rock and roll, and and the promotion was just really on fire in that that era. And there was an episode they did on one of these cards where I either gave it a 9, 9, or a 10, and I can't remember. I'm going to give this a 10. Um, I'm not... <laughs> I'm not entirely certain, but this may be the best episode of Smoky Mountain Television and from top to bottom in the entire run of the promotion. If not, it's in the top two or three. Uh, it is so ridiculous that this promotion is out of business three months later. Yeah, no, that's the trip part. That's Four what's hard to get by. This this is everything that people go, oh, Smoky Mountain in 95. Bullshit. Up until right now, th this is phenomenal. Um, Fire on the Mountain, they're bringing in people from other territories, other feds. It has that old school supercard feel like in world class when they bring in Mid-South guys or other people. It's just the the hard part here is how great this is that also sort of signals the downward spiral for the rest to go. But for 43 minutes and what at 56 seconds, there's nothing I would change about this. I got to see people I don't normally get to see. Everything was airtight, brother. And you, there's not enough superlatives for me to say about this episode of wrestling this is what this is what everybody else should attain try to attain in their wrestling programs is this level of quality bobby uh you want to rate the i'm in agreement with doc you want to rate this thing I, uh i agree with 100 percent. it's tremendous i don't know if it's not the top one but it's in the top three of the shows of smoky mountain that I've seen and been on involved this with because I was at the Super Bowl of wrestling that night and to see this programming back right now, that was the perfect fucking 10. I mean, it, it just doesn't get any better than that. Bringing people in, people going over, the finishes, the booking, that, that was a perfect 10. Yeah. Now, I, I really hope that the rats in the building got worn the fuck out after this. I had to go home that night. Oh, okay. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, it's we, going on at the Motel well, Six. No, we learned. You know, we've learned that Babyface Bobby as champ had a had a young young baby at home. I mean, though, you know, you got to get home and change diapers and help the missus with the dishes. <laughs> mm hmm. Sure. <laughs> All right. So we got to do government cheese now. Let's do that. Uh, before we do so, if you're not a patron. I don't know what you're waiting for. We realize some people can't afford it, but please become one at tinyurl.com slash patreonbtt. For example, we just did this show. You're listening to the audio version that's free. There's a video version out there 
up on our Patreon feed where we kind of watched along as we were talking about it. So again, it's tinyurl.com slash Patreon BTT. Uh, you get 200 plus Patreon exclusive episodes. Actually, it's probably a lot more than that now. I, just, I say 200 because I know it's at least that. But there's a lot more than that. The video reviews, the WCW pay-per-views, Clash of the Champions that we've already done so far, along with... Hopper, ta- we just did another one this past couple of weeks. Hopper, you know, he did a squirter episode. Now he had another episode where he he landed a fine young filly from Minnesota during Mardi Gras uh, in New Orleans. And anyway, so Hopper's escapades are up. You know, we've we've done some things with Bobby on the Patreon only feed related to the Smoky Mountain Riot in 1993 in Wise, Virginia. Check that out again. Tinyurl.com slash Patreon BTT. 200 plus episodes available and waiting for you uh, there. Now, Government Cheese Award time. I'm actually torn as great as this episode was, but that would make a lot of sense because there was so much great stuff in here. Um, you know, I feel like we need to give it to a match, but then at the end of the day, I also feel like we need to give it to a person. For me, I don't know how you don't give it to Buddy here because Buddy rose to the occasion at the same time. Unibomb rose to the occasion too against uh, against Undertaker, but I just, I got to go with Buddy because I'm a longtime Buddy fan. So I'm giving it to Bud, Buddy Landell, Budro, uh, Government Cheese. Doc, who are you going to give yours to? If I was a millennial, I'd give it to everybody on the card, and so everybody gets a trophy. And and this would be the perfect, this would be the perfect example of where I do believe everyone does deserve it. But because I'm actually Gen X, we got to have a winner here. And this was hard because everything you just said is right. I mean, Glenn Jacobs deserves it. The WWF guys deserve it for coming in. There's just so many contenders, but again, I'm coming back to Buddy because Buddy stood up to the occasion and went toe-to-toe with what some people would. I mean, Ric Flair calls Shawn Michaels the best in-ring worker ever, and whether or not you believe that, that's a hell of an endorsement. And Buddy went toe-for-toe, step-for-step, never took a step back, had him pinned in the ring. After that promo a few weeks ago where he, he just bared it all, this was the culmination of that. Uh, it's it was all done so well. I'm giving it to Buddy as well. Bobby, who are you gonna give yours to? Hands down, Budro, man. Buddy's the man in this episode. I mean, there's just no doubt about it. You could give it to any number of matches, any number of uh, promos, but Buddy stepped up and 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 was a true professional. Right that night on this program, Budro is the man. Yeah, Buddy was something else here, man. Okay, so that's about going to wrap things up. We got Buddy with the clean sweep on the government cheese. We got perfect tens or A pluses in the ratings with the disability checks. And that's about it, man. I appreciate all you all out there listening. I want to mention a couple of things first. Remember, check out the wrestling podcast about nothing with ROH's Brian Malonis and Mike Crockett every single Monday. They do their show. Just search wrestling podcast about nothing or WPAN wherever you get your podcast from. Also, check out... Our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast with Joe Murad and Michael Quinn, the northern version of BTT, slightly classier, a little bit more professional, but still fun nonetheless. If you love your uh, WWF-style wrestling like Doc doesn't, but you do love the WWF and you like classic wrestling, give them a listen. They support us, so please support them. Bobby, I'll let you plug anything you'd like to plug uh, before we get out of here. Uh, what you got? Oh, man, just thanks for having me on the show. Uh, uh, the only social media I have is uh, on Twitter, at BobbyBlaze744. And I appreciate all the fans that's tuned in to Booking the Territory, and I'm just glad to be here. Thank you guys very much. Mike, Doc, appreciate it. No problem, man. We love having you. Doc, you got anything before we uh, uh, hit the go-home queue and ride off into the sunset, as Austin likes to say, and jumps on his Kawasaki mule? Not a damn thing. Not a damn thing. we got to go do another episode. So with that said, uh, Bobby, do us all a favor. You hit the tagline and get us out of here. Fuck it, bitch.
Hey, everybody, before we get out of here, you know I always got to thank all of our patrons out there. Thank you for supporting this show. Thank you for all that you do for the show. Your patronage is very appreciated. It makes what we do right now twice per week, every single week on the free feed possible. So thank you very much, and I appreciate it. Also, man, I got to tell you guys, the Hall of Fame patron shout-out list continues to grow larger and larger and i am grateful for that so thank you very much for all the hall of fame patrons out there i mean thank you to all the patrons i mean i understand certain people uh can't pledge as much as others and that's fine and that's why you know at the two dollar level you get a bunch of stuff but for the hall of uh hall of fame patrons out there thank you very much this list is growing longer and longer each and every week so i don't know how much longer i'm going to be able to do the uh list of hall of fame hall of fame patron shout outs so my apologies if this uh doesn't continue in the future however we're going to give it one more try at the beginning of February right here of 2020 with all of our Hall of Fame patrons. So as I say that, I want to give some shout outs to those Hall of Fame patrons. My friend out there, Fritz Von Mulkey, thank you very much. You signed up uh, to the Hall of Fame level. You've been signed up for a while. You bumped up, I should say. So thank you, uh, Fritz Von Mulkey, a.k.a. Doc. Actually, they're not the same person. It's just a running joke. So there you have it. Uh, Rowan Smith, David Ford, Harrison Lee, Isaac Pinley, at Hey Hey It's Isaac. Oh, I'm sorry, at Hey It's Isaac, not Hey Hey It's Isaac. It's just at Oh Hey It's Isaac. Eagle underscore one, Kango Fett. Lee Russell, MDQ for life, George Davis, Kevin Carter, Michael Angel, Bob Richards, Rocky Suazo, my man Christopher Champer, Will Harkey, Robbie Dyson, Rick Beebe, Brad Dunyfen, Tom Schlegel, Coach Joey Chase, a.k.a. Willie Chase, Steve Malbasa, Kenny Byersdorf, Glenn Abbott, at G.A. Russell Nut on Twitter, Bobby Murray, Marlon Mueller, my man Marlon Mueller, a.k.a. Half Pints Point. You know what I always say, keep cutting those promos, kid. Josh Warren, Everett Starr, Mike Childry, Kyle Riley, Disrespectfully Classy, Marky Blassie, Craig Norman, Johnny on Patreon, the great John Dean, who is at YRC21 on Twitter, Josh Dunn at Ryan and Auburn on Twitter, good old Justin Robert Smith, Joseph Ice, Tim Morecci, Adam Price, Brian Evans, Mark Wilson, Armando Martinez, David Jordan, Jesse Jacobs, Chris Myers, Gerald Green III, Mitchell Johnson, Mike Pru, Will Parker, Classy Alex, David DeVries, SV Pageant, Bill Salsa, Big Rich, Allen at Spy Boy Sports Cap, RE Miller 39, Jay Shiny, Ruben Espinoza, Merciless Jones, Jesse Lucas, Chris Browning, Justin underscore Andretti, Cole Manny Tutu, Marty Howell, T Hog 94, Gobbled Unreal. Thank you for your generous patronage via the Hall of Fame patron sign up. Last but not least, I uh, just want to give you all a, a heads up on something. I have not been as active lately on either Twitter or Facebook. Um, the shoot job, just very, very busy. And I just haven't had a lot of time. So uh, if you've sent me DMs on Twitter or instant messages or messages on Facebook Messenger and I have not gotten back to you, I just cannot get through them. So um honestly probably from here on out the best way to get in touch with me if you really really need to get in touch with me is going to be via email for the show booking the territory at gmail.com so i just want to mention that i am recording this actual segment on february 5th 2020 but i wanted to say that if you need to get in touch with me uh, and i haven't responded to your dm on either twitter or on facebook the best way would probably be email. I tend to check that a few times a day when I can. Um, and if I don't even check it during the day, I usually check it at night. So that's probably the best place to get in touch with me if you need to get in touch with me. With something show-related, Patreon-related, especially if it's Patreon-related, give me a holler there. I mean, it's it's not that uh, 
again, that's a, that's the best way to reach me um, to the Gmail book in the territory at gmail.com. If you're not getting a response on Twitter or on Facebook. And um, I want to shout out Mike Crockett as well for handling the Facebook page and helping moderate with it. Uh, he does a good job. Don't give him a hard time if he doesn't catch things and whatnot. So anyway, and stop getting offended at everything. People, we only live once live, love and laugh brothers and sisters out there and just have a good time. That said, I'm going to get out of here. I'm eternally grateful for all of you guys and women. we got a lot of women now who support this show. Thank you very much. Uh, it means a lot. And uh, when we started this nearly five years ago, I didn't think we'd grow like this, but we have. And it's because of you. So thank you. Uh, this is Mike. I'm getting out of here. You know what Hopper always says. Book it, bitch. <laughs>